Hi, this is Ask Mom RN with your host, Tamara Walker. I'm a mom of two, a pediatric registered nurse, and your friend. I give practical advice to raise a healthier, safer, and happier family. Before there was American Idol and America's Got Talent and The Voice, there was a talent show called Star Search that started in 1983, and it was hosted by Ed McMahon. I was in ninth grade at the time, and my mom and I loved to tune in and watch all the performers every week. But our favorite category was the male vocalist category. And the reason was because of the leading challenger who performed for 13 or 14 weeks without being defeated. He was a young man from Oklahoma named Sam Harris. And we loved cheering him on, not only because he was from Oklahoma, but because he was so incredibly talented and had a voice that just blew everybody away every week. And not only could he sing, but he had such passion and enthusiasm for his performances that he just, he put so much energy into every performance. It was just a lot of fun to watch him. And we loved listening to him talk to Ed McMahon after he would perform because he had this bubbly, fun personality. He just seemed like somebody that you would love to hang out with. And we were thrilled. We were ecstatic when he won the championship in the male vocalist category for the first season of Star Search. And he went on to get a recording contract with Motown and put out an album. And I just loved it. I played it constantly. Well, flash forward about a year after Sam won Star Search, when I was in 10th grade, towards the end of my sophomore year, I found out that I was going to have to have major hip surgery. My hip was um, coming apart, basically. And... It was either hip surgery and being in a body cast for two months, or I was risking not being able to ever walk again and being in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. Well, needless to say, a 15-year-old getting that kind of news, pretty devastating. I was so down and depressed and couldn't participate in my favorite activities, I was going to have to spend my summer break, most of it, in a body cast and either in bed or in a reclining wheelchair. And that's not the way that anybody wants to spend summer vacation, especially when you are a sophomore in high school. Well, a mutual friend of mine and Sam's decided she wanted to try to cheer me up. And this lady is someone who is like another mom to me. She was my baton twirling teacher while I was growing up and became my mentor and very much another mom. And I just absolutely love her. Her name is Doris Wheelis. And she knew Sam because she lives in the same town where he grew up. And her daughter and Sam are the same age. They're a few years older than I am. 
and they went to high school together and they were friends. Sam hung out with her daughter and he would come to Doris's house and go swimming in their pool. And Doris got to know him and she thought, well, she knew that I was a big fan of his. And she thought it would cheer me up if she asked him to call me while I was in the hospital. So within a few days after my surgery, I get this phone call from Sam Harris while I was in the hospital um, in St. Louis at the Shriners Hospital. And I will never forget it. It was hilarious. Uh, We had to go to the nurse's desk to get the call because um, at the hospital at that time, you didn't have a private room. I was in a room with several other kids and we didn't have our own phones in the room. So if you received a phone call, it would have to be at the nurse's desk. Well, when the phone call came in, I was, I think in the teen room hanging out with some people and, um, you know, just visiting with people. And my mom came running like, Sam Harris is on the phone at the nurse's station for you. So she grabbed my wheelchair and ran me from the teen room to the nurse's station so I could take the phone call. And it was so funny. I've never seen my mom (laughs) run like that before. I mean, she was trying so hard to get me there as fast as she could. And I remember talking to Sam, but unfortunately, I was still kind of looping on painkillers, so I don't really remember too much of our conversation, but I just remember how much it cheered me up and how grateful I was to Sam for taking time out of his busy schedule to call me to try to cheer me up and how grateful I was to Doris for arranging that. And I had always hoped that maybe someday I would get a chance to meet Sam. We actually know several people in common, Um, but it's just never happened. Well, flash forward to this past November. I was at the Mickey Dolan's concert in Tulsa with my mom. And for those of you who have uh, been longtime listeners of the show or know me, You probably, you know, you already know I'm a huge Monkees fan. They're my favorite band of all time. I love the Monkees. And if you don't know me or this is your first time listening to the show, well, now you know. I'm a big Monkees fan. Well, my mom and I went to the Mickey Dolan's concert. And while we were there, we met a lady named Pam Patrick, who is also a Monkees fan. And she and I had already connected on Facebook because of the Monkees. But we had not met in person yet. Well, we met after the concert and we were talking and she said, hey, I'm friends with somebody who has written a song and created a video that I think you might want to talk about on your show. Because, you you know, you talk to parents, right? I said, yeah, I've got a show for parents. And so she told me about it. And it was a song by Sam Harris and a great video. And she's like, you know, I wanted to share this with you. And I said, well, do you think that Sam might be interested in doing an interview? And she's friends with Sam. And so she said, I'm happy to reach out to him and ask him. Well, long story short, 
we got to do the interview. And I finally, after all these many years of wanting to meet Sam, was able to meet him right after Christmas, a few days after Christmas, in Sand Springs, his hometown, and my husband's hometown, where my in-laws still live. And we were able to talk about his new song and new video called Don't Yuck My Yum. And it has a great anti-bullying theme and empowerment theme. And we're going to talk about that in this interview. I'm so excited to share it with you. And if you'd like to see the video of this interview, it's going to be posted on momrn.com and on the YouTube channel, Ask MomRN Show. So I want to thank Doris Wheelis all those years ago for having Sam call me and I want to thank Pam Patrick for helping me set up this interview with Sam to finally get to meet Sam. And of course, I want to thank Kim Harris for his generous gift of his time and talent. And I am so excited to share this interview with you. So I would love for you to let me know what you think about it and check out the video after the interview. Go and check out the video at dymy.video. Or you can go to samharris.com and watch it. So enjoy. Hi, this is Tamara Walker of Ask Mom RN Show. And I am here today with my special guest, Sam Harris, the entertainer, singer, actor, author. And he has a very cool brand new song that he has written and created a video. about anti-bullying, which is a topic we've talked about on the Ask Mom RN show before many times, and how important it is for us to teach our children about not being bullies and how to handle being a victim of bullying and what we can do to try to solve this problem as a society, because unfortunately, bullying has been going on since forever and it just doesn't seem to be getting better. We're trying to make strides to teach children what is okay when you're interacting with people and what is not okay, but you know, bullying is still going on and it affects so many lives and we've had a lot of children who have actually been bullied to the point of taking their lives. And so it is so important to me that we keep talking about how to stop bullying and how to help children and even adults who have been bullied because it affects our lives in such a dramatic way. So I am excited to talk with Sam today because this is something that's important and dear to his heart as well. And Sam, I would love to know what is the inspiration behind the song? How did you come up with this idea and um, yeah, what my son Cooper you? is in fourth grade, uh -huh. <clears throat> and he came home from school. Well, first of all, the song sort of morphed into an anti-bullying message um, because Cooper came home from school and he said something that he liked, and I said, "Really, really?" And he said, <laughs> "Dad, don't yuck my yum." 
It's called Don't Yuck My Yum. And, um, <laughs> so is that a I, phrase that It's a phrase that the kids, kids are starting to are saying. Before. Yeah, and now since I've written the songs, I've seen it on TV a couple of times. Uh-huh. But he said, Don't Yuck My Yum, which means don't tell me that something I like uh-huh. is bad. That's my opinion, right? And so I thought, light bulb, that sounds like a great song. <laughs> Just don't yuck my so I wrote this song with a gentleman named Kyle Puccia, who's written many hits and lots of stuff. And uh, Cooper, I sat and talked with him and just sort of interviewed him, you know. And he's like, is my name on the song? Um, <laughs> so it, it, it began with the perspective of a person who, uh, not overt bullying in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It, it was about, don't tell me what to think or who I am, Mm -hmm. or what I believe. Um, The first lyric is, you're always telling me what I'm supposed to be, no room to disagree or have an opinion. Who I should like or snub to join your private club, but now I'm giving up as one of your minions. You're always telling me what I'm supposed to be, no room to disagree or have an opinion. Who I should like or snub to join your private club, but now I'm giving up as one of your minions. So it actually is about also peer pressure at school in these little clicky things yeah. that are saying, if you want to be in my crowd, then you have to do this, 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 and this. And if you don't, then you are ostracized for that. Now, ironically, even though this song is about has an anti-bullying theme, it's really a fun, as you know, it's yeah, a really it's fun, and fun pop song that's fun and and danceable. and joyous and danceable and it's a celebration of self mm-hmm. um, there is a the uh, in the bridge there is a thing where they sing no bully no bully no bully bully you only live once no bully no bully no bully bully you only live once and um, what we did was we created the song and then uh, I wanted real people in this video. I didn't want to hire like just professional dancers and do all this stuff. I wanted it to be real people. And I, and love I wanted that it to you be did that. It young comes across people. in such a great way. And they worked. So what we did was we had an open call mm-hmm. in Los Angeles and we I got a green screen studio and we shot there were about 70 people who came wow. and recorded lip syncing to the song. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then there was a, a like a Broadway camp, summer camp of kids. And so the guy who runs that choreographed the, the kids, and I shouldn't say the kids, it was everybody from <clears throat> eight years old to in their group, probably uh, 35. And then I also had some older people. It's primarily young people. And so that's choreographed and there's great graphics and we found some g- real talent. And uh, these, and, and a lot of them were young women who were, 16, 17, 18. And it's a song about empowerment because bullying is only as powerful as one allows bullying to exist. And yes, we have to teach not to bully. Mm -hmm. But more important, there will always be bullies, as you said. More importantly, we have to teach people not to be bullied and certainly it's so important for kids in school mm-hmm. but it's also important for adults i mean look at this whole the me too campaign yes 
Yeah. I mean, these are women mm -hmm. who have been bullied and been preyed upon from someone who was powerful. Right. And let's now let's equate that to kids in their school situation. It is someone who is powerful, mm -hmm. popular, the, the you know who sort of dictates, <clears throat> and you have to be to do what they say, or you will be bullied. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's physical. Right. Sometimes that's emotional, which is just as bad. And you're right, kids do, uh, you know, in the, the worst situations, they take their own lives. Mm -hmm. um, the video represents all colors, all ages, all shapes, all sizes, all mm -hmm. sexual orientations. It is about it being okay to be who you are. And I love that. I think it is, the message comes across as being very empowering. And like you said, we have to teach our kids to take their power back and, and right. to not allow the bullies to win and to, you know, to learn how to stand up for yourself. And that's what the song says. And I think the song I'm is standing showing up. how This is my own choice. This is my own voice. I'm mm -hmm. standing up. I'll shout it out loud. And uh, that's what we have to teach. Mm -hmm. You may not do that to me. You may not talk to me like that. And isn't it funny, like in a school situation, when there is some bully who has their group, and once one person stands up to them, it gives the others permission to stand up yes. to them. You know? It makes that person less powerful in everyone else's right. eyes. And so it diminishes their power and allows everyone else to feel like, okay, I can stand up to this person too. Precisely. And in creating the song, you know, this is a heavy message we're talking about. Yes. But the song, the song is joyous. Mm -hmm. Are you going to show the song? Yes. The song is joyous and celebration of self. Um, so it's not just about, you don't do this to me. Mm -hmm. It's about, because this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing wrong with who I am, or what I think, or what I believe, or what, you know, there's this fabulous girl in it who is this, um, not typical, she's a, a heavier, mm -hmm. and she hip-hop dances, and she's, and she's in this, great. she's great, Amazing. isn't she? You always call me And she's dancing, and we've got her dancing, small figures all around everything. Um, and she has a t-shirt that says, no wrong way. Uh -huh. And she is just so joyous, and she's yeah. so wonderful. Um, it's, it's, we, I, we tried to really cover the gamut with this, but can I tell you, it was hell to edit. Oh, really? Because we had 70 people in this. Oh, I'm sure you had to cut down a lot we of We <laughs> had three and a half hours wow. of footage for a three minute song. Wow. So the editing process was, <laughs> we had everybody listed. Did we use this person? Did we use that person? Have we, what did they sing in this part? And it became, it was so much fun. And the director, whose name is Andy Pachogel, he's a wonderful director, and he's actually directing a, a television show that I created. Um, and he's just brilliant. And he's, everybody, everybody who participated in the creation of this,
from the song to the production to the shooting to the editing. Everybody did it for free. Oh, wow. Everybody did it. That's great. You know, the only thing I paid for was the studio. And, you know, a lot of candy and water. <laughs> sugar, sugar, That's sugar, really keep going. Um, <clears throat> true labor of all of that. Exactly. On everyone's To be part. a part of something yeah. that we felt was a good message. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, as I've said, I'm really proud of it just as a pop song. Mm -hmm. Because if you can, I don't think something that is a heavy duty message, if it's presented in that way, I don't find it as accessible mm -hmm. as something that feels celebrational, you know? Yes, I agree. And I, I think that more people will listen and take in the message because it is so upbeat and fun. And so they may just think, oh, this is a catchy song. Right. And then get the message later when they really start listening and paying attention to the lyrics. Exactly. Exactly. There are some little, when you see the video, there are some little, um, little uh, things in the video, like the, the choreography is um, don't yuck, so it's don't uh -huh. Y-M-Y. And we incorporate all these little things. There's like little secrets in it all the way through. The more you watch it, mm -hmm. there it is. Um, this was also important for me because um, I have a kid. Yes. And I see this happening sometimes. Now, you, you actually mentioned in your intro that it hasn't gotten better. I do believe it's gotten better. I know that in his school, Mm -hmm. There are some pretty strict anti-bullying rules. That's I mean, good. there's no tolerance. And some schools really have done a good job of that. Well, I think they empower the kids, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and they also give them a way, play, a way to report this kind of stuff mm -hmm. that doesn't feel shameful. You know, I think for kids and adults, even in a workplace, mm -hmm. um, it sounds like, you know, like with kids, they don't want to be a tattletale. Yes. They don't want to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm a baby, I'm, you know. And so they take it, but in uh, my son's school, there's definitely a no tolerance uh, rule. And I think that's, that's true in a lot of places. I think it is getting better because of the awareness, because you're saying that you've talked about this a lot. Yes. And I think there is an awareness, um, but it's, it's pretty bad. I was bullied as a kid. Yeah, I was too. Were you? And so what, um, what did you take from that on, you know, how have you overcome? Well, um, I was just a different kind of kid. Mm -hmm. I felt like an alien. Um, my interests were not the same as the norm. Mm -hmm. You know, I loved singing and writing and creating um, and dancing and all the things that were a means of my expression. Mm -hmm. And I was very fortunate because I had that avenue to express mm -hmm. myself. But not being that, a, a part of the norm. I was bullied. Mm -hmm. um, I am gay and that was not easy, mm -hmm. especially where I grew up right. in a small town in Oklahoma. <clears throat> and um, so I was bullied. I was, you know, physically pushed around, but mostly I was just called names. Mm -hmm. And the worst part of it wasn't the overt, I mean, I'd be called you know, queer or faggot or something across the yard. But the worst was just passing somebody in a hallway. Faggot. Mm. Like these secret things that just, yeah. and you just pretend that everything's okay and this isn't going to affect me. Right. And then, uh, you know, obviously it does. But I was fortunate because I had an avenue. I had a way to express myself and I was good at it.
and I worked very hard at it. Mm -hmm. So I also found a bit of my tribe. You know, I found other kids who love the theater, and um, but I also left home when I was very, very young. I left home when I was 15 wow. to work in a summer uh, theme park situation initially, mm -hmm. and then came back for a while and then left to pursue my career. Um, and I was also fortunate because that I had supportive parents who saw that I had a gift. Mm -hmm. And uh, I look at 15-year-old kids and I'm like, how did my parents ever let me go? <laughs> um, yeah. But they believed and, tr mm -hmm. and trusted, you know. That's good. Um, and it was another time. It was, it was a harder time, I think. But I think what's empowering, too, is when we look at the people like the teachers, are so, so, so important. Yes. There was a, can I tell a quick story about Absolutely. this? Absolutely. I don't know how long your program is. <clears throat> as long as you want. <laughs> there was a girl yes. in my class, in, uh, and we were in second grade, and I had a teacher, we had a teacher named Mrs. Mall, who was hugely influential. Seven years old is, a, is an important year, I find. It's a transitional year. Um, it's when people are starting to find a little bit of their, what they think and who they are. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this woman uh, recognized that I uh, had these interests. And she let me write and produce mm -hmm. a play, not a part of the curriculum, not anything, and rehearse before school and at recess and after school and, and then put on this thing. And she recognized that about me and she allowed me to do that. There was a girl also that was in my class in Sand Springs who was bullied because she was overweight. And one day we were studying how a, a caterpillar cocooned and then became a butterfly and the metamorphosis of that. And she said, Jennifer, would you please illustrate this for us? Well, she knew that Jennifer was an extraordinary artist. So she had supplied, she had gotten colored chalks. And we watched as Jennifer drew a leaf meticulously and a caterpillar, and then the next stage of the cocoon hanging from a tree, and then the next stage of the butterfly coming from the cocoon. And we, this was a long process, it was like 30 minutes, which is <clears throat> a day and a half for a seven-year-old. Like, oh, really? <laughs> but then we started seeing how gifted she was. And we were entranced, and she had something that we didn't have. And I remember looking at Mrs. Mall, even at seven, and knowing what she was doing, and trading glances, because I knew she had done that for me. Wow. And Jennifer, I'm, certainly bullying continued for her, and bad things, you know. Kids can be really rough. But we knew then that she had a gift that we didn't have. And that made her special. And it was no accident that it was the metaphor of the <laughs> turning into a butterfly. Wow. And the insight that that teacher had. And so this message is not only for just the kids, it's also for those who have the access and the power mm -hmm. to empower and to encourage and to say the things about you that are different are the things about you that are unique and beautiful. Um, we don't always get it at home. Mm -hmm. Kids don't always get it at home from their parents.
or from their church mm -hmm. or for whatever it is. And um, those are lifesavers. Those Absolutely. are lifesavers. Definitely. I love that you told that because it is so important as parents and then as teachers, as anyone who, like you said, has access to teach a child or to have an impact on a child's life, to show them what makes them special and what their right. gifts are and, and that you <clears throat> recognize in them that they, you know, have their own gifts, their own unique talents, their yeah. own strengths. And to and help they the have child the power. see that. Mm -hmm. And that they have the power. Um, there was a, a kid in, in my kids, there's a child in my kids' school that um, didn't get a lot of attention at home. And knew the family was struggling a bit. And didn't, didn't have the person to help them with their homework or to make sure that they were on time or did these things and <clears throat> the teacher was so brilliant because rather than coddle him and say oh I know it's rough I know it's difficult mm -hmm. and again he was seven years old she said you are responsible for getting that homework done you are responsible for showing up on time as much as you can he can't drive right <laughs> you are responsible yeah. for being the best person you can be because she saw that the situation was not going to change mm -hmm. And this kid was bullied, and this kid was thought of as less than, or not as smart as, or not, you know, didn't have the means for something. And she taught him, <clears throat> you may as well start now. Yeah. It's going to be you. She didn't, you know, kiss his forehead. Yeah. She gave him a pat on the butt and said, you can do this. You're responsible. That's a lot of pressure on a kid. But she empowered him. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> There's a, it's a fine line, I think, between... Empathy and empowerment. So. It's a good point. That's, yeah. That's... Uh, and we said also the song, uh, you know, it's not just for kids. I mean, the, it's a pop song. It's a, it's a pop song. So it's, it, it's, it's for that uh -huh. age. But, you know, you, so many stories, like, and I don't know if it's affected you, but this whole, this, you know, what's happening with seeing what's going on in the workplace and people... Yes women in particular, mm -hmm. being uh, told that they will lose their job or they mm -hmm. won't get this promotion or they, if they don't comply with, with uh, pressure and power. But people are standing up, don't you find? Yes, and, and I think that is making a difference, that people are speaking out and it's coming out of the shadows and, totally. and giving people permission to stand up and you know, not not only women, but men as well who Absolutely. have been in that situation. Yeah. And so I think that you know, the more awareness that can be brought, then the more power that does give to people who well, have been victimized and exactly. can stand up and take their power back and say, you know, the very words "me too" mm -hmm. means I'm not alone. Right. And most of the things <clears throat> you're talking about, kids taking their own life. Mm -hmm. The primary reason that anyone makes that choice is because they are alone mm -hmm. because they don't feel anyone understands that they feel uh, stripped of, mm -hmm. of, of strength that it's a secret yeah. and to know that you are not alone that someone else says I have walked the same path mm -hmm. I don't understand what this is then that means there's solution and <clears throat> With the kids, you know, it's a double-edged sword because what bullying has turned into, 
with the texting and yes. photographs and I know there's terms for it that I'm too old to remember right now. But <laughs> well, the, social media really has <clears throat> the the technology that we have is both a blessing and a curse because yes, it, you know we can do wonderful things with the technology that we have and with social media. But then yes, there is the they manipulate the other side that. of it that they do. Um, what, there's a term. Really, it used to be you could go home and and escape from your bullies at school. And now, you know, they may be texting you, they may be sharing things about you on social media. Exactly. They, you know, it can be a constant barrage of... Do you know what the bullets. term is when somebody sets somebody up for an embarrassing or humiliating moment, then they film it, and um, then, they, then, then they share it to everybody? I, there's an actual term. Yeah, I, Noah, I, do you know this? You don't know this. No. Good for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. This, uh, I know what you're talking about, though. And it's, and it's humiliating. It is. Yeah. Um, you know. It's another form of... Of bullying, and that can be very. And yet, the same social media yes. can be the outreach for people to know right. that they're not alone, that there are others, and how to get past that. Isn't it funny um, that we can live in a society and do believe we're alone, and then you learn that the person next door, mm -hmm. or the person, the other kid in your class, or another person in your workplace has experienced the same thing. And there's power in, in, in numbers. Yes. And there is solution. Mm -hmm. um, but again, as I said when we started, there will always, always be bullies. Mm -hmm. So the focus is certainly on not bullying, but the focus is what to do, is to who you are. And, and also in doing so, you recognize who you are and what mm -hmm. is good about you and what you do. Um, you know, my son and I, he's, uh, he would probably hate me this if I hate if I, but he's uh, been going through a period where he's feeling confessional mm -hmm. about things that he thought. You know, I, Daddy, I thought a bad word. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? We all think things. Mm -hmm. It's what you do with that. It's, it's how you conduct yourself in the world. And I gave him a, you know, an example. I said, if someone was online in front of me at the grocery store and I saw them drop a $100 bill and they didn't know it, but I saw it, I get to make that choice. Do what, does it go through my mind? Ooh, I could take that. No one will ever know. Yes, it goes through my mind. But then what do I do with that choice? I pick it up and I give it to them. And, I, and he, that person passes that on because someone did something for them. Mm -hmm. And that person passes it on, the butterfly effect. Yes. And negativity is the same thing. Mm -hmm. But don't you find that the, that the, the bullies are ultimately, they're, they're the cowards. Mm -hmm. They're the people who feel that the only way that they can achieve power is by taking someone else's away. Yes. You know, that's a whole other subject, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, do you have empathy? for the person or the child who uh, feels that the only way that they can feel good about themselves mm -hmm. is to shame someone else. else. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we had some conversations like that yeah. you know, with, you know, with my kids when they were growing up and, and my oldest child was bullied for a little while and um, or a few different times but in one particular instance I remember we, we had the discussion about you know this little girl we don't know, this, this little girl that's being a bully, we don't know what's going on in her life. Right. We don't know what her home situation is like. Right. We don't know what's causing her to act this way. And so, 
you know, yes, we need to go to the teacher and talk about, you know, this is being done, this is wrong, but we also need to have some empathy for her and realize that something's got to be wrong in her life for her to be doing that. Well, and probably her parents are bullies. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, who never tell their child that is inappropriate. Mm -hmm. You know, who never put right. it on and teach social etiquette yes. and equality. Um, they're, uh, you can always trace it back. And yes, it's important to have empathy for that. But ultimately, you deal with the, the fallout. Right. Right? right, but you that's a very good. To... That's a very good parental thing that you did by saying we, we don't know what went in this way. What was going on, and absolutely, and, and take it to the you know to the teacher and to the principal ultimately. Um, but you know, like you said, a lot of times people do bully because they feel that's the only way they can get power. And you know, I th we are in a changing time, and <clears throat> you know, in this in the in the in Los Angeles where we live and where we go where Cooper goes to school it is a you know it's a vastly different world from where I, when I grew up there is every diverse situation there are two dad families two mom families mixed race families uh, everything mm -hmm. and these kids honestly do not see it as it might be different from their situation but it's not a bad situation. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it is. I remember reading a story about uh, a commercial, and I can't remember who made the commercial, what company, for what product, but it was a two-dad family, right, and a kid. Two dads and a kid. Mm -hmm. And there had been, like, this backlash oh, yeah. from people who were like, well, why are you showing this non-traditional family, and it's wrong, and it's against God, or whatever, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and um, then they showed it to a bunch of kids. Mm -hmm teenagers and they said tell us what you think of this commercial and they were like well it was really funny when the kid does and such and such and mm -hmm. when the dad told him whatever you know and they didn't go to that mm -hmm. and so the people said to the, the, the people who made the commercial said do you know that there's been a lot of, of complaints about this and backlash about this and judgment about this and the kids were totally shocked mm -hmm. And one of them was crying, I remember. It's like, what do you mean? How could they do that? What? It was, they were blindsided by, by prejudice, by the prejudice outside. Wow. Well, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to take this, to make this into sexual orientation, but that was why I was bullied a lot. Mm -hmm. And you know, at the very high school I went to, there's a gay-straight alliance, a boy took another boy to the prom. Things are changing. Yeah. Um, in, in, a, in a place, in an environment here mm -hmm. that can be slow to do that. But it is happening, and I see it. Um, and we just have to keep doing it. Yes. And there's a million reasons to bully. I mean, good God, when you're, you know, when <laughs> yeah. you're five and you're the only kid who has glasses, that kid gets bullied. Mm -hmm. It can be anything. Oh, yeah. I was bullied because I have a prosthetic leg, and so... Oh, really? Some, th some kids thought that was fascinating and cool, and yeah. they wanted to be my friend because it was... You know, I was the bionic woman, was my nickname. <laughs> you know, so, and, and that's when, you know, it was back in the early 70s when the bionic woman was on. So I thought, oh, that's cool. My nickname's right. bionic woman. And then other kids, though, 
decided that was a reason to bully me. Sure. And, you know, I was different. I was weird. I was odd. And and so I did deal with some bullying. Did it keep on. you from doing certain activities or doing anything? No, actually. Oh, I, wow. I, See? Did whatever I you know was interested in and wanted to do. Unfortunately, I had parents who, you know, were willing to just let me, you know, they didn't try protect and you, do, and they didn't shelter, or protect, right. and so um, I'm very grateful for that. But, You're you lucky. Know, it it is something that I think we carry forward. That it you know when you've been bullied, it affects you. Even it's a lot of stuff that is like here's how we think about this person, mm -hmm. and then the two faced situation. Um, but people feel it. And I'll tell you something else. Those of us who have overcome adversity, mm -hmm. who have been bullied or uh, didn't fit into the norm, mm -hmm. we do really well. I think... If you, like you said, if you allow yourself to... If, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what my message would be to the child, mm -hmm. particularly to the child who is ostracized or feels different is those are the people who change the world. Mm -hmm. The people who fit into everything and never make a wave and never are the, I think it's a, and I'm not saying this is, I don't mean to be, have a generalization, but all art, all art comes from oppression. All of it. Hmm. Um, about trying to overcome something mm -hmm and creating something that is a means of expression. I truly believe that. I mean, if you look at mm -hmm. any, and again, I'm not generalizing, but so much of our, all of our, well, pretty much all of our popular music, for the most part, for the most part, for the most part, um, is so influenced by the African-American experience, mm -hmm. which was oppression. Most of the television that we watch and we think is funny is influenced by a Jewish sense of humor, mm -hmm. which came from oppression. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the stereotype about gay people with design and the, and creating something beautiful, which came from oppression. Um, so if you are one of those people who has been bullied, who I don't know which one I'm looking at. You know, <laughs> if you are one of those people who has been bullied or made to feel different or um, feel outside, you have so much to contribute to the world because you understand something about humanity itself. You have an inside look at what the human experience is that perhaps someone doesn't have as well as you do. And it is your uh, responsibility to help the next person. What power that is, what a gift that is to have been through that experience and see someone else going through that experience and help them and enlighten them and tell them they are not alone. Our, I believe our entire purpose of existence on this planet is to be of service, mm -hmm. is to help someone else. That's why the I teacher is so agree. important. And I, I hope that I have done that through the things and the music mm -hmm. and things that I've written and created because it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, to put something good in the world. Um, and there's plenty of negativity. Yes, there is. But isn't it funny? Well, I know we're going off on millions of subjects. That's right. <laughs> um, and I tiptoe into this category. <laughs> but I, we are living in a, a political climate. Yes. In which there are some pretty big bullies. Mm -hmm. And um, I believe that's why the Me Too, I believe the Me Too campaign is a referendum to that. 
I believe that all these people, particularly women who are creating a revolution in politics, is a, it's a referendum to that, is we will take down who we can take down. We will uh, go to a positive place of empowerment. Um, and my point is <clears throat> that even things that seem negative at the time create uh, st create a stance. Mm -hmm. Change doesn't come until somebody's sick of it, of mm -hmm. what the situation is. So even things in our lives uh, that are that are great adversity can stimulate positive change. That's when we only change when something is horrible. Mm -hmm. If it's easy, then why change? Right. So sometimes we have to get. Pushed into changing. We have to get pushed into changing. And that is ultimately a good thing, isn't it? To get to yes. the next level of our involvement, mm -hmm. we might need to come down a few pegs because we were like, oh, I don't have to do anything. Yeah. This is easy. <laughs> so again, back to bullying and back to any sense of that, an adult, a child or anything, by standing up, by, by being heard, by saying this is not okay. That's part of the revolution. That's mm -hmm. part of the change. Boy, we've gotten off Absolutely. the subject. Sort of, not really. <laughs> not really. Not I really. Think, um, like you said, yeah, it's about empowerment. And mm -hmm. that is in so many ways. And so, um, I did want to mention, with this song though, this was a first for you. That you yes. wrote the song, but you didn't actually sing it. I didn't sing it. It's the first so, <laughs> song I've ever written. Why did you choose not to be the one to sing it? Um... Several reasons. Okay. Um, I am in my 50s, and I wanted it to come from a younger voice and sound. I wanted it to be a woman's voice. <clears throat> um, and I wanted it to be not about me. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be about the message. And also, in letting people know about it, <laughs> I didn't want to be promoting it to feel as I was promoting myself. I wanted to be promoting the song. Mm -hmm. We did put a rapper in, right? Yeah. We've got this young, great guy who I feel like I discovered. I mean, I was asking around <laughs> Los Angeles and trying to get things, and it was funny because when well, this kind of pissed me off too. Uh -oh. <laughs> I had three different guys uh -huh. who I loved. I loved their videos that they submitted, <clears throat> and they didn't they didn't show up or they didn't work on the rap, mm -hmm. or they didn't, these things. And again, it was this sort of sense of entitlement that bothers me a lot about oh, yeah. a younger generation. I sound like a very old man. <laughs> I'm like, when I was a kid, we had to walk 12 miles in the snow. Um, I feel both ways. <laughs> <laughs> both ways. But um, that really, and this kid, uh -huh. so talented, I asked him to write the rap. It needed to come from his language, so he's a composer on the song. He wrote it in one day, he showed up, he was on time, he knew his gig, he was on it, and I'm like, you are gonna be a success. You are gonna be something. And you know, and he was green and fresh and talented, and I wanted that to be a voice too. And I chose a male rapper because I chose a female vocalist. And um, Susie Rose is her name, the vocalist, and uh, his name is Jason Rose, no relation, oh. <laughs> and um, I, I wanted that also, just knowing my kid and the music that he listens to, uh -huh. and I wanted something for the boys, and I wanted something uh -huh. from the girls, 
and I wanted to create something that was outside of my generation. And so I'm like, I'm not performing on this. My kid is in the video too. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, he's and in what it. does he think of of the song and the video? Well, he's very proud because he knows that he inspired it. That's cool. And he knows that certain things I interviewed about him that uh -huh. I put in the song were his. Awesome. Um, so that gives him a sense of having done something good in the world, too. That's great. That is awesome. Well, Sam, thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking with you. And you, too. I uh, tend to babble, so. That's all right. I love <laughs> talking with you. could talk with you all day. So thank you so much. Thank and you. what are you working on now? Where can people find out all the latest news? <clears throat> The latest, the latest news, um, well, there's samharris.com, and then on Facebook, um, just look me up. What is it? It's Sam, Sam, Sam Fans. Sam Fans? Uh -huh. um, yeah, and there's always updates on that. I am working on a, a new television show that I created oh, awesome. uh, for a, a half-hour comedy, and I'm, I'm an author, as I think you mentioned, and so I've worked, on my second book, I just finished that draft on, and it's in the editing process, oh, wow. and this one is fiction. And it's, it's set in Oklahoma. Oh, very cool. Um, and it's about a young boy, a 12-year-old boy, um, who is different. Mm -hmm. uh, not gay, <laughs> but uh, different and on the outside and bullied, ironically. Oh. And, uh, and what he does ultimately in his life to bring something to the world. Uh, so there's the book, there's the song, um, there's the TV show. And you know, I've always got, I'm always doing a million things. I've never been one to sit and wait for the call. Mm -hmm. um, I have to create, and I have to just for my soul. But I also need to be a model for my child, you know, and Absolutely. show him that the things I'm doing maybe touch someone, or mm -hmm. maybe make them laugh, or maybe empower them in some way. Like I said, that's kind right. of what I think our purpose is. Yeah. That's what I want my kid to be, a good citizen. Well, I think you're a great role model. Well, thank you. So, as you are. You're doing a great job. As you are, by doing this, yeah. by talking about subjects that are important, and by being a, a role model for your kids, too. We did to all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in. This is Tamara Walker with Ask Mom RN Show, and you can check out all of our latest episodes at momrn.com. Catch us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Ask Mom RN Show. And we'll see you next time. I'm making my own choice. My own choice. Listen to my own voice. My voice.